How's it going, everybody? Welcome to another episode, episode 49 of the Ricky Henderson of Podcast, the greatest of all podcasts, the GUAP. I'm your host, Alex Espinoza. And yes, summertime is here. I was at the A's game on Sunday against the Angels. And uh, it was it was a good time, even though it was a boring game. It was still still a really good time at the Coliseum. It's just like the weather was perfect. It's like, I don't know. There's just some about day games at the Coliseum. I'll never get tired of them. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to be doing another series recap. I'm going to be trying to do uh, try to be doing this all season long after every series. Do a little, you know, 30 minute breakdown of what just happened. Uh, weave in some audio from Mark Kotze and other players. And I'm a little slack and I'm a day behind. It's Tuesday morning now. I should have should have put this out yesterday. Should have put this out Monday morning. But here we are. It's all good. We'll make it through. Uh, it's hard to have a social life and do this stuff at the same time. <laughs> so make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Ricky Blog and YouTube as well. Still kind of bummed I can't do uh, highlights. I, the Twitter police knocked on the door this year and they were like, hey, can't be doing highlights. And I didn't want to get DMCA to get the account shut down. So figured I'd just play it cool. No more highlights this year, unfortunately. So the YouTube and the Twitter are not nearly as fun, but whatever. Maybe one day I'll get back into it if I move to another country or something and they can't get me. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, Sunday was a great day. Before the game, I actually stopped by this place called Broadside Local near Brooklyn Basin, which I'd really recommend. I actually heard about it because uh, the Oakland 68s put a, their fan fest on, um, you know, before the season at Brooklyn Basin, and I drove by. So, oh, this is a cool little German beer house, bratwurst house right on the water. Definitely recommend it. It's just a few few exits down away from the from the game but unfortunately i was late to sunday's game and i missed otani's digger so that wasn't fun but the uh the four game set the ace had another uh, three uh the ace had another four game set over three days because of a double header there were a lot of angels fans there but the a's averaged uh over twelve thousand fans for the four game set which is pretty good for the a's um yeah over fifty thousand fans came through so that's pretty good and also, I don't know if you guys noticed, but Dave Cavill has not tweeted since Cinco de Mayo, which is probably a good thing. I feel like whenever he tweets, it's usually bad for the brand. So maybe that's helping, too. Fans are just coming out because Cavill is tweeting and putting bad spin on everything. So, <laughs> so yeah, the A's have played seven games in five days, including Tuesday's doubleheader in Detroit. But this was a pretty rough series, folks. They lost three or four. They were feeling good coming into it because they had won four or five in Detroit. But, you know. Only scored six runs in the whole four-game series, and three of them came on a single swing by a walk-off homer by Luis Barrera, which really salvaged the whole series. So uh, forgive my ignorance, but I had no idea that the Angels were so good. Um, been pretty hyper-focused, tunnel-focused on the A's. I know they came in with a record of about 21-11, and 11, I believe, something like that. But you could argue that after this series, they're the, they're the best offense in the American League. So after uh, Sunday's game, they were first in the American League in runs, hits, homers, slugging, OPS. They have a team OPS of 119, and they rank second in batting average and on-base percentage. And meanwhile, the A's might have the worst offense in the American League. They are last in batting average, last in on-base, last in slugging, second to last in hits and strikeouts. And when, I, when I'm watching the A's at this point, I feel like it's almost like you're doing player evaluation for the future. It's like, yeah, this guy might not be good now, but does he have the potential to be good at some point in the next year or two? So pretty much when I'm watching the A's, that's how I'm approaching it. It's like I feel like we're doing player, player evaluation, player development at the big league level. So 
still great vibes. And it all started on Friday night and the A's lost two to nothing. And I thought it would be a really small crowd because, you know, the Warriors were playing that night and they, they could close out the Grizzlies, but over four, about 14,000 people showed up. I think it was 13,992. So basically eight people shot 14,000. And watching it, uh, the replay on the broadcast, it was funny. You could just hear music bumping out of the treehouse like the whole time. It's like Pilo and Too Short and, and whatever. It's just like a constant party out there. It's just like slowly in the background, like lowly in the background of the uh, TV broadcast. So that was pretty funny. And got to start out by giving a shout out to the last dive bar, Brian and Paul and Rob, the friends of the pod. They, uh, they all dressed up as dub- classic WWE wrestlers. I think Brian was the razor slash the laser. Paul was uh, Mick Foley. And Rob showed up as the nature boy, Ric Flair. They brought the bash boy, uh, bash arms and they, their custom uh, wrestling belts. Great stuff. Great stuff. They got a bunch of TV time. They were looking good. They were looking good out there. But the, the team was not looking so hot. They got shut out again. Dalton Jeffries made a, made a great start, but he got no run support. He went six innings with five hits, two earned runs, no walks, four strikeouts. He had a nice bounce back after – well, he, he's pretty much had an up-and-down season. He started out great, three great starts, and he had three bad starts. But this was a great bounce back for him. And, um, yeah, Elvis tried to knock down a ball in the fourth, but it led to an infield RBI. And then in the, four, and then in the fifth inning – Jeffries gave up a solo shot to Velasquez. So he actually didn't pitch that bad, but you know, the way the A's offense is struggling right now, that's two runs was too many. And uh, after the game, he talked about um, the, uh, he actually made an adjustment. Jeffries made an adjustment before the game. He was talking to Paul Blackburn and he realized that Paul's always in the stretch. So Jeffries is um, just took a, took a page out of Blackburn's book and decided to go out of the stretch the whole game for the first time. Yeah, I felt I felt really good. I decided to go from the stretch um, all game. Just talking to Paul, um, he goes from the stretch all, the whole time. So I just felt more controlled and kind of driving down the mound where the windup, maybe my uh, my, mo- my momentum, my uh, energy was kind of inconsistent. Um, so I just try to be as consistent as possible and just attack guys. Murphy um, did a great job. We were on the same page for the whole time. So. Um, that was good. I don't know if you guys can hear, but my dog's, my dog's here barking. Hold on a second. I got to calm down, Coco. <laughs> All right. Sorry about that. My, I'm watching my mom's dog right now. She's a little crazy, but she's a beauty. Hey, Coco. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, I've seen uh, Dalton Jeffries and Paul Blackman kind of sitting next to each other in the dugout um, throughout this year. So it's, it's cool to see them kind of bouncing off each other and, you know, getting advice from each other, giving each other advice. Jeffrey's, uh, you know, he also said he, he enjoyed facing the Angels. I mean, they have such a crazy lineup. Taylor Ward, Otani, Trout, Rendon, Jared Marsh, and uh, Jared Walsh, excuse me. And here's what Jeffrey's had to say about, you know, facing such a talented lineup like the Angels. Um, why wouldn't you want to go against the best? You know, that's, that's what being a big leader is all about. It's what being major league is all about and going out and competing and showing that you know you can you can hold your ground against these guys that gives me a lot of confidence going forward um and i hope that it gives confidence and cots and you know as well i thought that was interesting at the end there he said i hope it gives uh, confidence in cots as well i think jeffries realizes that he might be kind of competing for this fifth rotation spot right now as cole irvin comes back 
Cole Irvin is expected to pitch for the Stockton Ports tonight in a rehab start Tuesday night. So he could be back, you know, in a week or two. And right now I think it's kind of a competition between Dalton Jeffries, Zach Logue. I think James Camprillian probably has a longer leash. Um, Adrian Martinez is already back down in AAA after his impressive start in Detroit. But um, yeah, Logue went four and a third last night. But I think right now it's Caprillion or I think it's Logue and Dalton are kind of competing for their to hold on to their rotation spot when Irvin comes back. So that'll be something to keep an eye on. But um, in this two to nothing game on, on Friday night, the A's were just completely shut down by a, a young 21 year old named Chase Silseth. He's actually the first player from the 2021 draft class to make his MLB debut. He looked really aggressive. He really looked uh, comfortable up there. He's from the university, uh, university of Arizona, boo, go Sun Devils. But he, he went six innings. He only gave up one hit, no runs, two walks, four strikeouts. Looked like an absolute veteran who had been there before. So he had a he had a good start, and the Angels got some pitching this year. You know, I think they're third in the the American League in ERA right now. So they're starting to finally put it together, uh, looking like a really good team. And in this game, Ramon also announced his presence. Ramon Loriano announced his presence with with uh, two early defensive plays. He had a sliding grab. He also had a throw that prevented Tyler Wade going from second base to third base. So yeah, this honestly now that Tyler Wade is on the team, it's kind of hard to keep track of all these. The, uh, all these players on the uh, Angels, they have like the same name. It's Tyler Wade, there's Taylor Ward, there's Jared Walsh, uh, Brandon, even Brandon Marsh kind of gets stuck in there because Marsh and Walsh are kind of similar to me. So it's like all four of those guys are <laughs> confusing. But but Tyler Wade, he's a nice little utility player, second baseman outfielder. But the A's was super quiet on Friday. They only got two singles from Elvis Andrews and two walks. That was it. Everybody else went hitless. But the bullpen was pretty solid after uh, Jeffries got out of there. Kirby Sneed, Lou Trevino, and Sam Mole each had scoreless innings. And also, uh, uh, Lou Trevino recorded his first and only one, two, three inning in his 10th appearance of the year. So, yeah, he, uh, I, I think, yeah, he's, as long as he's not in a high leverage situation, I think he does fine. But that was his first one, two, three inning of the year so far. And this is what Mark Kotze had to say about Lou after the game. Um, you know, we continue to try to to uh, utilize their best matchups. Um, you know, I was I was real real happy with the way Lou threw the ball there in the eighth inning. Um, you know, that that was a, a little bit of of the old Lou. Uh, you know, so Lou's ERA after the series is still eight point five nine, but he's still he's given up one run in his last five appearances, including three innings. So, you know, I think he's coming back on track. But this was just an absolute stinker. Two hits, two singles. The A's lose two to nothing. But sad. But they, hey, bash at the dive bar, though. Shout out to the dudes at the dive bar having fun wrestling. Ric Flair. Woo! Ancient boy. Um, anyways. <laughs> then the A's played a double. The A's and the Angels, they played a double header on Saturday. This was the game that salvaged the series for the A's. Once again, Paul Blackburn had a great start. He went six and two-thirds. Gave up a run on five hits, two walks, and struck out three. And Sam Mole gave up his first rub of, uh, run of the season. Zach Jackson also pitched as well. And the only run um, er, early on was uh, was a Jed RBI single. And, yeah, they looked like they were just really duped. Um, it was three to one heading into the ninth. 
Uh, also, Ramon Hernandez, uh, Ramon Loriana. I call Ramon Loriana Ramon Hernandez at least once an episode. But anyways, <laughs> Ramon Loriana also had another great defensive game. I think he's really announcing himself. He had three three solid catches, and uh, Christian Pache had two walks. But you know, and and that's pretty big time. I mean, he only has eight walks and 187 plate appearances for his career. So he had two walks in the same game for the first time in his career. Uh, I thought that was pretty impressive. And, um, you know, the A's really looked like they were doomed in heading into the ninth inning. They were, they were at one point, they were even just one strike away from, from the end of the game. Ramon Laureano was down 0-2 with two outs in the bottom of the ninth. But then he stuck with it. And on the seventh pitch of the at-bat, he hit a double to the right field gap to keep the, the uh, inning alive in the ninth. Then Christian Bethencourt, uh, Christian Bethencourt, came in and he drew a walk that was a great ab and luis barrera came up with two runners on the a's were trailing three to one in the ninth and no way in hell did i think barrera would hit a dinger but there but yes he did he snuck one out to right field it was the first career dinger for him and it must have felt so good because he was having a rough couple of innings after coming in as a pinch runner he uh yeah, he, he came in as a pinch runner for Jed Lowry in the seventh inning and pretty much immediately got doubled up to end the inning, which probably did not feel good. Then in the eighth inning, he was out in left field. He bobbled the ball and allowed uh, the Angels to score a third run to push their lead to three to one. So he only played two innings, had two bad mistakes, but then he comes in in the ninth, hits the dinger, first walk off for the A's this season. First dinger of Barrera's career. Did not see that coming at all. Here's what Marcotte had to say about the walk-off afterwards. Interesting game for Barrera, but uh, obviously, uh, you know, the mistakes he made, I'm sure he wanted that at bat. Um, you know, wouldn't have got there without the two in front of him with Loriano and Bethancourt. Bethancourt's at bat was, was awesome uh, just to get Barrera back up there, um, give him a chance to, to – uh, redeem himself and uh and he put a great swing on that pitch and i think he knew it right when uh right when he hit it so good feeling yeah so barrera good for him because about a month ago on april 11th he was actually designated for assignment and he was out of baseball for about four or five days as he cleared waivers but once he did the a's outrighted him back to triple a and through a translator barrera described what it was like, you know, to get DFA'd and then come back and have this moment, hit his first career dinger about a month later. So it was devastating when I got the news that I was DFA'd. Um, I got the news, uh, it was Sunday, and I didn't get to play for at least five games or five days straight. And um, the person who really picked me up was my wife. My wife gave me a lot of encouragement, told me that this is not the end of the road. You gotta keep pushing. <laughs> And thank God I'm in a situation where, you know, it finally happened for me. Yeah, so Barrera made it happen. I mean, he's pretty much just like a singles hitter. doesn't have much power. Never expect a lot of slugging out of him. Great defender. Um, you know, him and Pache and Ramon were running around. That was kind of cool to see. That was pretty much one of the best defensive outfields you could put together. And they were looking good. Lou Chirito was happy, too. He only threw four pitches that afternoon. He got one out, but he also got one victory. But this was also the beginning of when the A's started to run into a bunch of double plays. They only had five hits this game and three double plays. But, hey, they got the win, the 4-3 victory, thanks to Luis Barrera. 
And again, they only scored six runs the whole four game series, and three of them happened on one swing. So, and, and that swing was the only victory they had. Um, so basically, that that's without that swing, they could have got swept and scored three runs in the whole series. So, props to Luis Barrera for salvaging a little something for the A's there. Then in uh, so that was a one o'clock game. Then at six forty, they had another doubleheader. So long day baseball Saturday at the Coliseum. And the good times lasted for precisely one more inning. Adam Aller was called up as a 27th man to make his fourth start of the year. Jed Larry hit into a double play, one of his two on the in the game, to score the A's first run in the bottom of the first. Then it, it was all angels. In the top of the second, Aller walked home Taylor Ward. Or no, walked home a run, excuse me. Aller walked home a run. And then Taylor Ward hit a grand slam, and it was essentially over at that point. And, um, I mean, it's kind of ridiculous, the lineup, the, the first five batters that the Angels are trotting out there. I mean, half their lineup, it's Ward, Otani, Trout, Rendon, and then Walsh. That's – I don't know if you can do much better than that. So, um, after the second inning, after Aller gave up that dinger, it looked like somebody – I think it might have been Kalerik. Uh, might have been Stephen Vote. They panned to Stephen Vote afterwards, but I don't think it was Vote. His back was to the camera, but somebody went over to Aller and gave him a little talk on the bench, a little, you know, a little pick pick me up kind of deal because it looks like he was down there. But because you know, um, Aller was up earlier this year. He's trying to prove himself. He made his debut earlier this year, but he's trying to prove himself that he's a big leaguer. But he kind of got knocked around. And uh, Taylor Ward, though, um, yeah, he really is bursting onto the scene this year, having some putting up some ridiculous numbers and I have a funny Taylor Ward story from 2019. It was August 23rd, 2019. I went back and looked at uh, the box score. It was a fireworks Friday. I was up there with some friends for a bachelor party. I was up in Reno and uh, he was playing for the Salt Lake bees at the, at that point, it was the triple A affiliate of the angels. We're at the Reno aces. Uh, I forget who they're affiliate. I think the diamondbacks affiliate, maybe, but anyways, we're watching a game at the Reno Stadium. It's really cool, beautiful summer day. And uh, Ward was in right field. And a bunch of Giants fans, I, I went with a bunch of Giants fans uh, for a bachelor party. And they started chanting, what's the matter with Taylor? He's a failure. So <laughs> so any, anytime I see Taylor Ward now, that chant goes through my head. Uh, but that was a great game, by the way, Reno. Like literally as soon as we sat down on the berm in right field, uh, Blake Swihart hit a home run right to us. We gave it to the bachelor boy. Uh, we all signed it at his wedding. It was like the 1927 Yankees ball in Sandlot, but better, you know? Uh, <laughs> so that was a good time. Anyway, that's my Taylor Ward story. He's good at baseball. But, uh, and also <laughs> I was at the bachelor's, uh, he's married now, but I was at his house this weekend and I didn't see that ball signed anywhere on no mantle or nothing. So great <laughs> all right anyway back to baseball on this game two on saturday of course when the a's got wiped nine to one uh in the third inning the ace helmet bro i don't know if you've seen this guy uh he walks around this fireman's hat and he's he's like glued all these bobbleheads a's memorabilia he's like a walking museum on top of his head but anyways in the third inning uh, otani sprayed a foul ball down the third third baseline and A's helmet broke caught it so that was really funny Dallas Braden had a kick out of it he saw that the Braden perfect game bobblehead was fixed the top of his head that was hilarious good times good times 
looks like they have a fun little crew down there in the left field line with the vanilla gorilla dude um, always dancing. So yeah, shout out to that little crew that's developing down, down the left field line. And um, yeah, anyways, back to baseball, all his job to his job on Saturday was basically just to get out, just to get through the innings. He was able to get through five, but not before getting tagged uh, pretty hard by Ward, who hit a double, and then Trout hit a double, and then Otani hit a two-run dinger in the fifth. But, you know, the A's are trying to preserve arms. So even after Otani hit his two-run dinger, um, Aller had to stay out there for three more outs. So, But he did, and he got it. He got through five, and that's all the A's needed. They just needed outs. And I, I don't think he's quite ready yet to, to contribute to the big league club, uh, especially with the emergence of guys like Adrian Martinez, who's still in AAA, and Zach Logue, who's looked really good. He's still in Oakland. Irvin's coming back, like I said, in a week or two. So I think Aller has kind of fallen back down the totem pole. But you never know. Uh, opportunities like these could pop up again. And Mark Kotze talked about what he, he wants to see from Aller when he, he goes back down to Vegas. I think, you know, you look at his history last year, he, he didn't have command issues. And, uh, you know, for, for whatever reason right now, he, he's struggling with that. I think there's, you know, maybe a, uh, a bit of lack of confidence for him. Um, you know, you got to the big leagues and, uh, you know, it just hasn't, it hasn't uh, been easy, obviously. And uh, when you don't have success here as a younger player, I think you put more pressure on yourself. And, and uh, and you begin to, to press, and, and I think we're seeing a little bit of that with him right now. So you know, hopefully, uh, you know, he'll go back to Vegas and, and focus on on getting that confidence back, and uh, and being able to you know command his fastball up and down in, in his zone. Yeah, for Otani, um, the the homer that he hit against Aller. So, anyways, yeah, Aller. I think yeah, he'll he he might be back at some point, but I don't think he's ready quite yet. I believe he's twenty seven years old, so. Yeah, he's still got to work on it a little bit. But Otani, for him, that marked his 100th career homer. He's the only third Japanese player to do that besides Hideki Matsui and Ichiro. And afterwards, they, they, uh, the camera crews caught the authenticators going down the steps in left field. And, um, yeah, they, they must have, like, crept behind the, the fence behind left field to find the ball, and they found it. They authenticated it. They put it in a glass case. They brought it back up to the press box, and all the Japanese media was taking photos of it. The Angels broadcast booth uh, brought it up to the broadcast booth. They were talking about it. So cool moment there. Very cool moment. And from there, after um, after Aller gave up his eight runs, they got two innings from Justin Grimm and two innings from Justin uh, from Adam Kalarik. Justin Grimm's definitely a low leverage guy at this point. He's kind of a mop-up duty plus game when they're you know down by a few runs. Just get you through the game. And then Adam Kalerik's actually having a pretty solid bounce back year for the A's. I thought he was really done after last year. He really struggled last year. Um, the A's picked him up before the 2021 season. He had a great 2020 with the Dodgers. He shortened 60, 60 game season. He appeared in 20 games and he had a 0.95 ERA. So I thought he would contribute to last year's bullpen, but he started off really slow with uh, eight ERA in 12 games with the A's. And he only had a 6.75 ERA and like 37 appearances in Vegas. So I thought that in his career, honestly, like I, I was surprised if, if he would latch on with anybody, but the A's brought him back. And um, after this appearance, it was his sixth straight appearance without giving up a run. Uh, he went two innings. So he's kind of figuring it out. I mean, he's got like a, th- I think a 3.0 ERA right now um, or 
he gave up another run recently, but um, yeah, he's fine. He's kind of serviceable. You know, he's another southpaw. They just have a lot of southpaws in their bullpen. They got AJ Puck, who's having a fantastic year. Sam Moles having a good year. Kirby Sneed is kind of um, still high on him, even though he's, he's had a couple rocky outings. And then uh, Zach Lowe could find himself back in the bullpen, honestly, when Irving is back in a week or two. So, yeah, Cole Irvin, again, he's on track to start Tuesday night, a uh, week or two. Uh, so, yeah, the A's just had a first run, first inning run, and then that was it. Again, the offense is just really slacking. And, and the story for this for the day was really double plays. In the second game, they hit four double plays. They had seven double plays for the entire day. That's pretty rough, pretty tough to overcome when you're just hitting dingers uh, left and right. <laughs> I mean, excuse me, double plays left and right. So. A's lost nine to one to wrap up a long day of baseball on Saturday. And then the series wrapped up on Sunday. Like I said, I was here. I was mad that I missed Otani's dinger because he absolutely crushed this ball. Uh, but the Bratwurst was really good at Broadside Local and the views are nice. So I highly recommend that place. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I saw a replay of Otani's homer and he just crushed it to dead center. And it was cool. It looks like a fan was holding his, uh, there was an Angels fan holding his cell phone with one hand and then he caught the ball with the other. So I would love to see that video. I mean, how rare is that, that you're holding it and you catch a digger that's and it's Otani to dead center. Pretty cool. And uh, I don't know, there's just something so clean and I don't know, there's something so cool about Otani swing when he makes contact. Uh, it was super loud. It was 108 off the bat. And I, I guess the best way I could describe it is like his, his swing is graceful and violent at the same time. Like, it just snaps, and it's like everything snaps at the perfect time, right when the ball hits the bat, and he just makes like the perfect explosion off his bat, and uh, it's fun to watch Otani. But damn, I wasn't there in person, so I didn't even see it. <laughs> but um, but yeah, this was a cool game. I was kind of moving around. I won't. I pretty much watched the second half of the game in the bleachers in the right field, and at one point, this Angels fan with a jersey that said "Mini Tani" on it. Um, he came out there with a little GoPro and I was talking to him. He said, he's following Otani for all 162 games this year. So I was looking at his YouTube channel. I'll put it on here somewhere. It's called teriyaki times. And he already has over 17 million views on YouTube. So I got to figure out how that guy's doing. Just follow Otani around, do the Shohei Otani of blog podcast. <laughs> Sorry, Ricky. No, never, never. I could never do that. But, uh, but anyway, so yeah, first inning, two-run shot. Uh, the A's ended up losing 4-1. to one. Again, the offense was slacking. But Frankie was absolutely dealing uh, in this game. He had 12 strikeouts in six innings. Six of them came on his four-seam fastball, three on the splitter, two on the sinker, one on the slider. So yeah, his four-seam was really working. And um, so yeah, 12, uh, 12 strikeouts, six innings. And he's got a 3.67 ERA this year, 53 strikeouts, 13 walks. And after this series, uh, you know, entering play Monday, he was actually leading baseball with 49, 49 innings pitched. So the A's are not looking good. Frankie is looking good. Uh, 2023 is the final year of his arbitration. I think, honestly, he might be headed towards a trade this either, either at this deadline or next offseason because um, he's due for a fat raise next year too. He'll probably get back in – I mean, if he's making five mil this year, he'll probably make like eight or nine, I would think, next year. I don't know if he keeps this up. So, anyways, uh, Frankie talked about uh, what was working for him. And for him, it was really, you know, he's known for his splitter. 
but I think, um, you know, if, if people are looking for that, they're in trouble too, because he's just pumping in like 94, 95 and throwing in darts. So here, here he was talking about his outing and what was working for him. I feel like guys are so like thinking about my splitter, not to get there, not to get to the splitter. And, uh, but I also forgot that like my fast was not like, it's not that bad, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and um, it's just, I feel like it's tough for hitters when you have to worry about two plus pitches. <laughs> so yeah, gotta love it. Frankie's, yeah, he's like, hey, my fastball's not that bad, you know. I throw 95 too, bro. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I think um, he is definitely the prime trade trade candidate to watch. Uh, I also think Sean Murphy might be, especially if Shane Langoliers keeps it going. But I, I would keep Murph around. But I think Frankie is much more um, realistic option. He'll probably, I wouldn't be surprised if he's traded at some point before the deadline. But anyways, that's. Let's deal with that later. For now, he's still on the A's. We've had enough trades to talk about. And once again, the A's offense was abysmal in this game. Sean Murphy's RBI ground out in the third was their only run. Uh, it was set up by Chad Pinder's sack bunt. You know, the A's are just trying anything at this point. Uh, Mer- um, Pinder, you know, had a sack bunt to move Larry to third. He eventually scored on Murphy's thing. Uh, but it was funny on the sack, but uh, the pitcher, Patrick Sandoval, kind of gave Pinder, uh, Pinder a hard tag and Pinder did not like it. He was like, come on, babe, I got to tag me so hard in the chest. Uh, <laughs> that was kind of funny. Uh, but anyways, Pinder also had a ground rule dub in the eighth inning, but that was literally the only hit um, the rest of the way. The A's had a really big missed opportunity in the fifth inning when uh, when Sean Murphy came up with runners on second and third, but he struck out to end the inning. And then, yeah, that Pinder's double in the eighth was that. That was it the rest of the year. Another sloppy day of defense. Eric, uh, excuse me, Elvis committed his sixth error of the year. Tony Kemp committed his fourth, his, his fourth error of the year, second straight game. And, um, yeah, the Angels tacked on one more in the eighth, one more in the ninth. And that was it. But it was a perfect day at the bleachers. The A's lost four to one. Um, in the ninth inning, they were playing the drums. It was do 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 do. And then the bleachers get Ward, you suck. I mean, that, that's what they always do. But it was funny to see that. And then Ward was kind of bobbing his head. And then I think he, I'm pretty sure he caught the final out. And that was the series. So the A's lost four to one, but it was still really fun vibes. Um, you know, there's a lot of Angels fans there. I think a lot of people were there to cheer on Otani, but it was still really fun vibes. And uh, yeah, good times at the Coliseum. So the A's, they went one and three. They are struggling. And the Angels are very, very good. Um, after this series, Taylor Ward had a 266 OPS plus, which is absurd. You know, 100 is an average. So he's like three times better than the average hitter almost. Uh, hitting 385, 500 on base, 747 slugging. Eight homers, 22 RBIs. And for comparison, Trout's having an amazing year, but his two, his OPS is 220. So Wars is 266, War, uh, Trout's 220. You know, Trout's having a fantastic year. He's hitting 312, 432 on base, 661 slugging, nine homers, 20 RBIs. Otani has eight homers. Um, he got a 132 OPS. He's also got six starts this year, 2.780 ARA, 46 strikeouts and 32 innings. So Tony's having a great year. Then, you know, Marsh, Rendon, and Walsh all have OPS of at least 110. That lineup is stacked and they're third in ERA. So the Angels are definitely a force to be reckoned with, uh, reckoned with this year. Would not be surprised if they won the West, but 
got to hold it together. I think uh, Noah Syndergaard kind of got lit up his most recent start. So still got to figure out pitching, but Chase Silseth, uh, he looks really good. Uh, 11th round pick last year, already contributing. So yeah, that guy's a champion. Um, the A's, meanwhile, they only have two hitters, only two over 250 right now. Sheldon Noisy, who's dealing with some groin tightness. He actually sat out Sunday's finale and uh, Monday's game. So he sat out two the past couple of games. With groin tightness, he is hitting 281. Chad Pinder is hitting 253, and literally everybody else is hitting under 250. Um, they only have two hitters with over 100 OPS. Again, 100 is average. OPS plus. Uh, again, 100 is average. Noisy's got a 125. Pinder's right at 100. And then, yeah, it's rough. I mean, the batting averages are really rough right now. Pache's batting 157. Seth Brown, 158. Kevin Smith, 188. Murphy 192. I mean, yeah, the the Mendoza line is like the the watermark. Literally, as a team, the A's are hitting 200. It's the worst in American League. They're 270 on base, 309 collective slugging, and their collective 579 OPS is the worst in uh, American League. Uh, the only thing that's really saving them, they, you know, they're 12th in homers, but um, they're first in multi-run homers. Nine of their 22 have come with runners on base. So at least they're hitting dingers with runners on base. But they have really, really slowed down in May. Um, after this, through, through the first 16 games in May, they only have four homers. Uh, they're hitting 184 as a team in May, 261 on base, 257 slugging. I mean, that's just brutal. 257 slugging is really brutal for 16 games for a team. They just cannot get extra base hits. Um, they just, it's just slim pickings right now. And the series was pretty rough. A lot of offers. Uh, Murphy went 0 for 13. Noisy went 0 for 11. Seth Brown 0 for 8. Kevin Smith went 0 for 7. Pache went 0 for 6. I mean, it's rough to do anything. Nobody's, a lot of offers. I mean, combined, that's, you know, 0 for 45 between those five guys. So not great. Um, yeah, Noisy's dealing with growing tightness. Uh, also, Tony Kemp got plunked in the right ribs on Sunday, but he stayed in the game. So, whew, rough series. A's lose three out of four, but still got to hand out awards. Every series, I'm going to hand out awards. And for the Ricky Henderson of MVP awards for the series for the A's, I got to give out Luis Barrera. I mean, his walk-off really saved the series, salvaged anything from the series. Could have been really ugly. Um, yeah, so... Props for Barrera sticking with it after getting DFA'd. The Cy Young for this series, got to go with Frankie for striking out 12 batters. He looked pretty dominant. I mean, um, Blackburn also pitched well. But, yeah, Frankie, 12. Could be out of here soon. And rookie of the year of the series. Uh, not too much to pick here, but I went with Pache. I mean, I know he's, he's kind of – Pache, I know he's kind of struggling at the plate, but he did have three walks and ten plate appearances, which I think is really big. Um, I mean, he's, yeah, he's really got to have more discerning eye. I think, uh, that's the, the thing that's really holding him back. I mean, he, and I'll, he just kind of got to make contact. I mean, he, he's, he's struggling. I mean, Kotze's talking about how he, he's encouraged by what he sees from Pache, but yeah, his, his bat just, uh, not looking great right now. So, but Hey, three walks and 10 appearances, we got to do something. So, and the green and gold Glover, I got to go with Ramon Hernandez. I did it again, Ramon Laureano. Jesus Christ. Uh, he's really asserting himself, making a lot of great catches, throws, and people just kind of know he's out there. He's kind of controlling or affecting the game. I don't want to say controlling, but affecting the game from out there in right field. 
So after all that, the A's are 15 and 22. They're still in last place in the LOS after this series. The Angels, meanwhile, um, they're 24 and 13. They moved into a tie with the Astros at 23 and 12. Uh, technically, the Astros, the Angels are behind by percentage points, but they're pretty much the same. And the A's are two back of Seattle at 16 and 19, and one game back of Texas at 14 and 19. So looking like Astros, Angels are going to be duking it out while the A's, Mariners, and Rangers are kind of struggling. Whew. Starting to get uh, pretty rough here, guys. <laughs> that Maybe that Tiger series was some false up. Maybe the Tigers are just awful. So the A's, uh, like I said, they lost 3-1 to one on Monday um, against the Twins to start that series. They're now 0-4. So, um, yeah, Logue started last night's games. We went 4 and a third. But tonight it will be James Caprillion versus Dylan Bundy. Then for tomorrow's getaway day matinee, it'll be Dalton Jeffries versus Sonny Gray. And uh, it was funny. Uh, Martin Gallegos um, has like some side-by-side foot. A lot of people think Dalton look like Dalton and Sonny look alike. So Martin even Martin Gallegos even asked Dalton, like, yo, do you think you look like Sonny? And he said he did. So hey, Dalton Jeffries thinks he looks like Sonny Gray. So they'll be uh, playing um, pitching against each other on Wednesday. Cool to be uh, see Sonny back in Oakland. Still beloved here in the Bay. And yeah, that's it. I think that'll wrap it up for this series recap. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Ricky blog. I uh, got some really cool stuff coming up once the Warriors are done. And yeah, I also want to do one of these from the parking lot uh, one day. So stay tuned. Uh, maybe one of these Sunday series, but I don't got nothing going on. I'll set up a tailgate and we can do some live reaction uh, from lot a. So Thank you so much. I'm your host, Alex Espinoza. Thanks for listening to the Ricky Henderson of blogs, the greatest of all, po- or excuse me, the Ricky Henderson of podcasts, the greatest of all podcasts, GOAP. Make sure to give us five stars, download, like, subscribe, all that. Thank you very much. And we will be back for, uh, I believe on Thursday with a series recap of the twins. All right, take care.